Hey, welcome to Texting from the Bathroom. And today... We are going to do something different. My okay-ish guest is Liz. She's a mom, an engineer, and the force behind the number H, where she creates dark electronic music. Liz managed to release a whole freaking album while working and parenting during a global pandemic. Like, what? Incredible. I hope you enjoy this changeup of music and be sure to stick around until the end to hear more. What I understand from John is that you are a musician and you're a parent and you've been working all during this year plus of the pandemic. Yes? Are yes. these all true? Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is a lot of things. Absolutely. How old is your child? Um, he actually turned six very soon. So, you know, he was four and five during all this. Mm, so that's kindergarten or? Yeah, so he just finished kindergarten. Yep. Oh, wow. Was he in preschool or anything when stuff happened last year with COVID or? Yeah, yeah he was in preschool. Um, that was brutal. Mm. That was very brutal. <laughs> they did like Zoom calls for preschool which you can imagine the attention span was not vast. So, you know, there I am trying to, you know, log him into Zoom calls just to give him something. And I'm trying to do my work at the same time. And so it ended up like I would do my best during the day. You know, so I was both a terrible mother and a terrible employee. Like I was never good at anything, right? I was just kind of just get through the day, right? And mm-hmm. so then I'd get him to bed and then I would work at night until like at least midnight and then I'd get up and do it all over again. And it was absolutely brutal. It was brutal. And then they did open the preschool summer camp at some point. You're nervous about it, but at the same time, you're like, I'm not doing anything for him at mm-hmm. home. He would be much better off with the nice and structured and organized activities that they had at school and the art projects and all this kind of stuff that I, I couldn't do while I was attempting to be a half-assed employee. <laughs> I'll be in a half-assed mom, right? It was good when that opened back up. And then he was in kindergarten for the most part full time, but they didn't have after school care. And then there were a few weeks where they did remote and those were tough weeks again, but Mm. we got through it somehow. We got through it. Right. Well, staying up until midnight to get your work done is not sustainable. You know, it's not something that you can keep doing forever. Like you said, feeling like you're not really being great at anything (laughs) is also a terrible place to be hanging out in. Yeah, it was like school crushing. Yeah. And then to also have to give up your evenings and maybe your weekends or just to sort of catch up. Yeah, I could see where 
preschool opening back up for summer was probably a huge relief. Yeah, that was a nice weight to put down. You know, at the same time, you're worried, but, you know, it, we really didn't have any good options. It's the problem. There weren't weren't any, like, real good options. Right. So it's just, you kind of pick something and go with it and, and hope you're doing the right thing. And I'm not even sure, you know, in an ideal world, what would be the good option? I feel like I completely lacked imagination about that. I don't know if you... <laughs> If you had any fantasies of this would be the ideal, but I know myself is I was also working from home, remote school, all of that. And I kept wondering, how how did this happen? Like, how did we get here? And you know, what could we have done differently? I'm not sure, but there's something. There must be something. I feel like we <laughs> deserve merit badges so that we we recognize each other. Moms who survived homeschool while working, like, then we can salute each other on the streets. That's yes, I, yeah. so you can recognize your own when you're out <laughs> in the wild. Like, yes. You know real pain. Excellent. Good. Yes, mama. We connect on this. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Amelie graduated last year, John got her a balloon that said, I did it. And I made him take pictures of me holding the balloon. I said, no, I, I did it. Me. I did it. I get the photo shoot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I let her stand in a few pictures. But I was like, okay, you have to. Be, it's mommy's turn. That's so great. It's so funny because sometimes if my son starts getting upset and starts crying, I'm like, it should be me. It should yes. be me crying. Like. It should be me. <laughs> like, I should be the one with the tears and the tantrums. You didn't even have to make lunch today. You know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Was your timeline compressed? I don't think so. <laughs> what would you say was the biggest shift for you guys, for your kid, or for you? I actually enjoyed the working from home shift because I felt like I didn't have to like rush out the door and mm. I wasn't spending an hour in the car every day. I was actually able to put it more towards work. You know, for kids, the routine is pretty important. And so, I mean, I think one of, one of the biggest things I think I, I felt like it was important for me to do was to not show any kind of or trying not to show too much stress to just be like, Oh, we're doing this now. And mm. so we'll like, we'd go to our favorite restaurant to pick up food or whatever. He'd be like, I want to eat inside. I'd be like, oh, but isn't this cool? You can open the window and then mm -hmm. hand it to you. Isn't that cool? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I felt like it was a huge opportunity for me to teach some kind of I don't know, maybe it's resiliency or just, you know, a general rolling with the punches kind of thing. I saw other parents I knew that like were really struggling mm -hmm. either because their kids were very social, you know, kids and they weren't able to see the the usual amount of people or or the parents themselves were more social and they were feeling it harder and therefore like their kids were feeling it harder. And me, I'm not the most even though technically on Myers-Briggs, I'm an extrovert. I think I'm barely. <laughs> so I was like, I'm okay with this, like not seeing too many people. Like I feel a little less stressed because sometimes large, large groups can be anxiety inducing for me. So I was like, okay, you know, this is fine. I can do this for a while. I just wanted to make sure I, you know, gave my son the opportunity to like, try to just be like, well, you know, we're pick and roll, pick and roll, like just go with it. And 
try to find find the positive. So we would start like we had this nice routine when we were at home, you know, as soon as it hit 12 o'clock, okay, we are outside, we are playing. We are playing now because mommy needs to exercise. Then he'd have his lunch like at one o'clock while he was watching something and I was able to do some work. And then five o'clock, we are outside, we are playing, you know, like we'd, we'd go for hikes, like we went for lots of walks and I got him into my old like 80s Polaroid camera, you know, the old school uh-huh. Polaroid 600. So we took that on walks. And of course, he burned through that film pretty, pretty quick. It's just not super cheap, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was fun. And like, then we did some Polaroid emulsion lifts, like, just like random stuff that I don't think we would have done unless we had had that opportunity, you know, unless we were home together. We tried to make the best of it. And I think we did some positive things. And what was adorable is one of the assignments he brought home is like, what does he like to do with mommy? And he said, hikes, which was hilarious to me because so many times we'd start and then he'd whining and complaining. And I'm, like, oh, I'm tired, you know? And I was like, you like this? Like, cause you seem to seem to say it was not what you wanted to do, but uh, it was kind of funny. funny. Well, maybe he enjoys the idea <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> My 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 child only hikes when bribed. I'm I'm not above it, but you know, I I want to get her outside. And I said, you know, if you if you do this, I will let you have that chocolate chip granola bar. And she's like, all right, I will, I will consider this, mother. Take it under advisement. Perhaps, perhaps we actually. It's funny that you said camera because we gave her John's old digital camera, mm-hmm. and she just takes photos of everything nice and then we'll upload them i haven't done it recently but i I made a little facebook album for some particularly good shots that she took awesome yeah it it was really cool it's funny kids they're listening to us they're watching us and they gauge how they should be reacting to things by what we're doing so i think think what you said that really resonated with me because there was some parents who were really stressed out by the situation and I think it was it was obvious and they were sort of framing it as missing out and loss and you know that there were barriers to the things that they normally wanted to do but by framing it as an opportunity it was probably a lot less stressful we we did very similar things here because my daughter was actually with me all summer as well and we had, uh, we called it mommy school for kindergarten. So you were in mommy school. And there, there was one day where I needed John to step in. So he ran Daddy Academy. Oh, I like it. And I was like, this is great. Daddy Academy and mommy school. Isn't it wonderful? So, so fun. So different. And then I ran uh, mommy camp over the summer. Poor kid. Poor kid. We had a whiteboard. There was a certain amount of things she had to do before she was allowed to start asking for YouTube. <laughs> She's like, you're so mean. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm making you go outside once a day. I don't know. You're like, That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How dare I? Please file your complaint. Yes. Please lodge your complaint with the head of Daddy Academy. Uh, <laughs> run it up the chain <laughs> to mommy camp. There you go. I think she's she's going to summer camp this summer. And I think that's going to be huge for her reintegrating socially with other kids. Was she at home for kindergarten too or partially in person? She was. So kindergarten got interrupted last March and she spent all this year, first grade home, doing remote school 
the way they were doing it, it didn't it didn't so much work with my schedule because it was only a half day. So by the time I dropped her off and came back and started work, it would be so disruptive to my day and my meetings and the things that I needed to do, even though it was a little stressful, it was actually easier to just have her here and take that part out. Also, the the in-person teachers were just teaching to a classroom of maybe six kids at a time. Everyone else was on the computer anyway. So the teacher was just sitting there teaching on a computer to six kids Um, also sitting on their computers. So it wasn't, I just didn't feel like it was, it was worth the, you know, when you're talking about assessing the risk and sort of weighing it. Yeah. I said, I don't know if what she's getting. If she'd get anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah. With the possibility of potentially catching COVID because their classroom was shut down. Their school was shut down a few times because our town in particular is having tons of outbreaks at different points. And I'm not sure why. We're very densely populated, like a lot of New Jersey is. But yeah, I said, I don't know if it's worth it. But, you know, this summer, hanging out with other kids to kind of ease her out of the... Reintegrating society. <laughs> like you you can go see other people. Uh <laughs> And try to remember how to hang out with other kids. I mean, she's been seeing kids, but it's always in small numbers. And they're all, it's kids from, you know, families that we know. Yeah. She's got to learn how to hang out with strangers again. Yeah. And make new friends. And then also maybe be around people that she doesn't necessarily like. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's real. You know, that that is part of school. They're not all sunshine and rainbows all the time unfortunately yeah that's true that is true (laughs) it'd be great if they were so i follow you on spotify (laughs) oh i feel so special oh thank you i do and so your album came to my awareness this year i want to say it was after we had recovered from covid so john had started djing on twitch you know, af- after we got that, all of a sudden he's DJing and I started a podcast. We're like, we need to <laughs> we need to do things. So he had started DJing on Twitch. And that's when I was introduced to your music. And this is a total sidebar, but my daughter is terrified of your album cover. <laughs> I heard that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not just yours. That choir boy album also the what's it gathering swans she gets all squirrely and runs away if she sees either of those huh. <laughs> so, i mean good, i'm in good company then yeah i feel like it's actually a great compliment to you and your photographer <laughs> I, I like being terrifying yes that it's you know she's picking something up i think so sure. uh, but she'll listen to it she's like i just don't want to look at it but i was i was looking and i saw your album unless I misread, it came out in the fall. Yep. Yep. In October of 2020. Yeah. So I was wondering, was this something you had already started working on pre-pandemic or was this like a pandemic project or a little of both? So that EP itself was a pandemic project. I had started, so I had started toying around with with some music stuff, just throwing some stuff together, I guess in 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause I, you know, I had friends that were encouraging me like, Oh, I don't know. Why don't you give it a shot? You know, I was like, all right, cool. And downloaded 
a DAW and just started playing around. And uh, then I had a single go on to a compilation that was released on Obscure Sorrows Records. I think their first compilation, I think that was in February or March of 2020, like not too long before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So then shortly after stuff shut down, I had previously in, in 2019, I had made friends with when they came came through town, the, the guys in the band called the Russian White, who are on Lost Glacier Records. And one of the people in that group runs Lost Glacier Records. And one of the other people is a fantastic producer. Shockingly, my producer. Of course, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think we were just chatting. And he's like, do you want to get serious about music? You know, because I was just kind of throwing stuff together. And there was a real nice person I had met through, I think, a Facebook group who was just trying to practice mastering. So he had, he had mastered that track that was released on the compilation. And Tom at Lost Glacier was like, you want to get serious about this? You know, we can do this. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So then I started working with Sean. And we were on a cadence of two times a week, you know, Tuesday and Thursday nights. We'd work for about two hours. If my son is home, then, you know, from nine to 11. (laughs) Right. So we just kind of kept a good pace. You know, I would upload some found sounds or recorded vocals or something off my synth. And we would start throwing it together on Ableton because he has quite a bit of Ableton skill, whereas it would, it would take me years to amass what, what he has. And he's Mm. extremely meticulous and very attuned to things that I just don't have the ability to pick up, you know, like sometimes some finer points of, of rhythm and tone range and things like that. So Mm. between us, you know, we, we actually work together very, very well. And so we just kept that cadence you know, Tuesday, Thursday, I had a goal of releasing it in in October. And, but, you know, it wasn't a, if it doesn't happen, but I was like, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll shoot for six songs, Mm -hmm. target a release date in October. And somehow we made it happen. And so it, it was, I was pretty gosh darn proud of myself. You know, it was not anything I thought I would do before because I, I don't know i think my only foray into music was fourth grade violin and god was i terrible like, <laughs> god awful i was horrible so for that it's just like shocking that the my name would be on anything musically oriented at all so yeah so that's i guess it, it was a pandemic hobby but i guess it had kind of started earlier but frankly it's been far more successful than i had ever even imagined i I wanted it on vinyl just for shits and giggles essentially Mm -hmm. i really thought it was just gonna be like my dad and i would buy (laughs) the records that would be it just me and my dad and uh i sold out so they're gone and you guys have one of the only terrifying copies apparently i saw i saw in your band camp sold out i said we've got us there might be a couple of record stores out there that have a copy but that's about it. You know, it might be few and far between, but I really would say, honestly, Twitch and 
it would not have been as successful if we weren't in the environment that we were Mm. with the pandemic and nobody going out and all this Twitch DJing and Twitch streaming because anyone can go into any Twitch stream, right? So we, you know, we have DJs from the UK and Mm -hmm. Texas and like all over the country coming into the different streams. And so they're hearing songs that maybe are more regional, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're spreading it to their people, their constituents, I guess. So I think without that, I don't, I don't know, it probably would have stayed small and contained within a, you know, whatever DJs were kind enough to, to play it for me. And, you know, it was, it was really nice. I think um, Das Christoph was one of the first ones to play any of my music. And I, you know, he would always give me advice on songs and, um, I don't know. And then if somebody would text me saying, Oh, this DJ you've never heard of is playing your song. I'm like, how, mm-hmm. who, who, why, how do they even know who I mm-hmm. am? And it was just shocking. I've just really appreciated every time I hear it. I'm, I'm still floored. I'm still floored, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The networking on Twitch is so intense. And I think you're right. If it wasn't for sort of this bubble that the pandemic created where people weren't going out, but they're checking out each other's streams and they're interacting and they're listening. And I see it even happen when John finds something new and he plays it and he's not displaying the the artist's name for whatever reason. I'll see other DJs in the chat. Who is this? What album is this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, babe, your song's about to go, go off into the world, go off, little baby. You know, so it's not, it's, you're not the only one who knows about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's very funny. So they're always they're always listening to each other. And I think when something really resonates with them, they're like, "Well, time to get on Bandcamp. <laughs> time, to, time to go get this song." So when's Bandcamp Friday again? Oh my gosh, he will wait. He will wait. He sat on a gift card from Christmas until <laughs> February, and I don't even know how he did it. I said, "How did you not?" spend money on Bandcap. He said, no, I have to wait. The artists need the support. I said, all right. You know, I said, but we could, we could probably do both. Like you could use it now and do that. He's like, no, I'm gonna, gonna wait because I want to support the artist. I said, all right, that's very, that's very sweet. I understand. (laughs) I am curious, how did you go from feeling so-so about playing the violin in fourth grade to making music, like making music that is getting played all over the world by all these DJs. What made you want to try that? Did you hear something and it just spoke to you and you said, I want to do that? Or were you playing around with something? Well, let's backtrack. So, so, no, I was gosh darn terrible. Okay. Terrible. Awful. (laughs) It was bad. I was very, very bad. Okay. So how did I go from awful on violin to this, I think in hanging around with DJs, you know, bad influences, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of learn a little bit about how things go together. My one friend and I would pick apart songs and he'd be like, look how simple this is. It's just this over and over and over again, right? And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And then I started listening to electronic and, and industrial music a little bit closer and I could, you know, pick things apart. I'm like, okay, well, that's this, and, and that's this layered on top, and 
well, that just sounds like a, a filter. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's not that hard. And hmm. I think it just kind of been this intimidating thing. And then of course, technology makes it a lot easier. We're not talking about reel to reel tapes because hmm. yeah, I would not do well 30 years ago on this. But, you know, with Ableton and DAWs being very accessible, not Ableton, it's a grand, but you know, there are free DAWs out there that you can at least play with. Everything's more accessible. And then to start start out, like some of them come with a bunch of free loops that you can just kind of play with. I mean, even the iPad comes with, or iPhone comes with a garage band and you can just play around and it's fun. I guess I just wanted to give it a shot. And I had people in my life that were encouraging me to, to give it a shot and because I didn't think DJing was ever going to work for me because I just don't think I have like the, the, the rhythm and the intuition mm. that's necessary for it. I think I have en- enough to figure out maybe how a song goes together effectively with help, of course, because <laughs> my producer is fantastic. But uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to give it a shot. And I think I got lucky, essentially. <laughs> I wonder if it's really lucky or just taking a risk and it sounds like you had people encouraging you and it might sound a little cheesy but I feel like when when people are doing something it it sounds so hokey when you're on the right path when you're doing something that you're meant to do I feel like people just show up to be like here let me (laughs) let me move this along something just kind of lines up you know and not that it's easy because doing something new is never easy or simple but people start kind of just appearing, it feels like, and helping move things along, even if it's just support or an idea or something. Maybe it's part luck, but maybe it's part just getting started on something that's sort of right for you. And I think other people can sense it. Yeah, I don't think that's hokey at all. And I mean, really, it's like I was I was kind of like, almost at the top of that hill and then having that conversation with Tom from Lost Glacier Records. He's like, ah, ah, help pushing me over, mm-hmm. over the hill. And, and and then it was just gravity and uh, acceleration from, from that point forward. But, you know, sometimes you just need the little gentle nudge. And, and I'd say that conversation was probably the gentle nudge to be like, yeah, let's give this a shot. And uh, no, it's has been far, far, far more exciting than, than I could possibly ever imagine. Was there anything that was really different about working on your music sort of before the pandemic? Because it sounds like it started before and then you had to continue during, or were you always sort of working in this virtual space so it wasn't a huge shift? What was your process? Well, beforehand, I was pretty much just doing everything by myself with my lack of skill and just trying to like figure things out on my own. Once things shut down, that's when I had the conversation with with Tom at Lost Glacier, and then I started working with Sean over over Zoom twice a week. I think the pandemic pushed pandemic and and linking up with Lost Glacier kind of pushed me in from you know just kind of playing around to being a bit more serious mm. about it because I, I would not have been able to. Pr- produce an album of that quality on my own absolutely not Mm. yeah it sounds like it provided focus and a schedule 
Yes. And some accountability yes. too, because you had someone else involved. So it didn't all get to just live in your own head. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that has been, yes, something to anchor your life on is pretty important. So like, you know, before for me, like swimming was an anchor. And then after my son was born, that kind of had to go to the wayside because he doesn't drive himself to daycare, right? You know, the nerve. Um, <laughs> How dare he? So, <laughs> Honestly. You know, so then it was like running, you know, at lunch at work. And then, I don't know, when you're shut down at home, c- couldn't go running with my son there because that would be interesting, just dragging him along or something. I needed to find a new anchor. And I think that definitely, that was definitely an anchor. And it was cathartic for some of the things that I was dealing with in my life, not just pandemic related, but but other other things. So it was definitely like a really positive, definitely a really positive thing for, for me to do. Definitely probably helped me get through better than probably I would have without it. Mm. What would you say are sort of the primary themes from this album? What what would you say it was really about well so the the title of the album is is distraction and when i was trying to come up with the the title of of the album i guess i had a couple of ideas toying around and i I was talking to a friend of mine and he said well what was the purpose and i was like okay well distraction right (laughs) just (laughs) trying to distract myself from all of the bad news and the difficult things that were happening during that whole time. You know, we ended up with some serious illness within my family. And there was one of my family members who, you know, we thought we were going to lose for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so that's the song, This Hurt, is when I received the news that it's like, well, tomorrow's probably the, the day. Those were the words going um, through through my head. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but every song, except for one on that album, contains a Shakespeare quote because I am the largest Shakespeare nerd on what? the planet. I absolutely love Shakespeare. And it's not just Shakespeare, but it's the timeless kind of themes and feelings and the weight with words, right? So mm. for this hurt, the, the phrase untimely comes this hurt is kind of like a a shocking event or news that that harms you. And I was also going through a very difficult and contentious divorce at the time as well. So and in dealing with with that. So there's there's pieces of, of that in the songs as well. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not I did not realize that you were huge Shakespeare nerd that is awesome huge absolutely huge all right now I have to listen again (laughs) (laughs) so what does your son think of your music is he a fan usually he is I'll be like do you want to listen to mommy's new song draft and sometimes I'll get yes and then he'll be like I like that song mommy and I'll be like oh thank you sweetie but other times he's like, I want to listen to Michael Jackson. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. I have a whole Spotify playlist for him of bizarre. He's the king of pop, you know? 
Yeah. Well, for a while, he was addicted to Thriller, which was great because then I could introduce him to Vincent Price, who I absolutely love. And he's like, is that Vincent Price? I'm like, yes, sweetheart. Good. Very good. Yeah. He's got some interesting stuff on his playlist, but he says that he says that he likes it. He was um, working on the, the new EP now. And so I was listening to the latest draft uh, today that we're working on. And my son came over and he's like, what are you listening to? I was like, it's mommy's latest draft. He's like, I like it. Good job. Excellent. Hey, <laughs> Appreciate child, it. Child seal of approval. Yes. Even if he's just being nice to me, I'm fine with it. It's okay. okay. <laughs> you know, you got to learn to take it whenever and however you can with kids. Because sometimes they get really super blunt and honest with you. So, yeah. <laughs> so when they have something nice to say, I don't question it personally. I just cherish it. So, <laughs> what is the meaning behind the the name of your musical project? The number H. So I, I get that question a lot, actually. So it's it's been my Instagram handle for forever, I think, and mm-hmm. the. The way I came up with it, so H has been a nickname at like multiple jobs by multiple bosses, like, and they didn't know each other. They just, everyone just calls me H. It's still happening. People still call me H. And then uh, The Prisoner, which is a cult TV classic from the 60s. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I I do have a minute obsession with that show, (laughs) you know, to go with my Shakespeare obsession, right? So the main character being number six, the number H. You took it and just kind of jammed them in together and said, there we go. <laughs> we're, that's where we are. That's me. Put put my nickname and, and my bizarre obsession together and boom. I mean, that works. It's your project. Do all the things that bring you joy at once. <laughs> exactly. And it helps <laughs> that it was already your handle on social media because then you didn't have to worry about somebody else squatting on a name that you liked. Or <laughs> That's true. My Instagram is just, I don't know, pictures of tea and scones and stuff. And then, you know, here's this musical project. So I was actually tagged at some point in like the last two months. And I'm like, what, what is this? You know, and I go and I see I'm like, it's like a podcast out of Portugal. I'm like, what What is happening? Uh, Yeah, I guess they, they listened to one of my songs on, on their podcast, because I guess they review some industrial music and yeah, they they tagged me and I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm down. Wow. So it was, <laughs> it was interesting. It was very interesting. That's funny. I mean, you could make the argument for separating the tea and scones from the music, but you could also just keep your online presence, all the things you like, you know, <laughs> just keep them all mixed up together. You know, why not? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone who follows me knows I'm strange at this point. And if they don't know, well, that's on They're you. Gonna, they'll <laughs> learn, you know. <laughs> they they will absolutely learn. Yeah, I I'm maintaining two Instagrams right now. I have my one that is mostly pictures of food, cats, and my child. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then I've got my my other one where I actually talk about what I'm doing here with with the podcast and that because that one's public it gets the weirdest interactions (laughs) it really does i you get people that want you to try out their products and then talk about it on your podcast i said i'm sorry but i just don't believe that 
I am the target demographic for smooth my balls hair <laughs> removal. But thank you. <laughs> I myself am shocked by that revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I just don't. I just think that this might be a misalignment. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I think it depends on what hashtags you're using and people just kind of randomly find their way into your inbox. It's like a telemarketer, right? They're just they're just throwing throwing darts on the board. Just throwing throwing darts and maybe one will hit someone who's interested in hair removal in specific regions. I support that. I think you should say, yeah, I'm all about it. And just, I don't know, just see where it goes. It should be, it would be. Just send it to me. Send it to me. uh, Use it on your arm or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So is there, is there new music on the horizon? Absolutely. Um, I think we've, we're working on the draft of song number four right now. Well, we'll go through, make them all, go back through them all again. Once we get to the end, decide we didn't like something we did early on, <laughs> edit it, and then it'll have to be mastered for digital and mastered for vinyl. And I don't know, maybe I should run more than 25 records this time. Who knows? Yeah, it's um, definitely um, not... Just your dad or whoever <laughs> buying 24 copies and then the moon household bought one. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you wish I had asked about music, parenting, anything? Um, you know, let me think about that for a second. So one thing that was interesting is my, my son had been all about, he wanted to skateboard. Hmm. He he really wanted to skateboard. So, you know, for Christmas, I was like, okay, well, here's a scooter I got at a garage sale for a (laughs) dollar. So, uh, you know, ride the scooter for a bit. And if you do well on the scooter, we'll, we'll, you know, talk about getting you a skateboard. And he just, he was diligent on the scooter, all about the skateboard. Mommy, I want the skateboard. So for his birthday, I found a cheap skateboard on Amazon Got him mm-hmm. lessons because I, me and wheeled things are ooh, very dangerous and I need my knees, please. And he really took to skateboarding. And this was about a year ago at this point. Yeah, because his birthday is close to now. So about a year ago. And he's been skateboarding ever since. And it was a really nice kind of outdoor activity that, you know, well, I, I wasn't doing it. I was just mostly mm-hmm. standing there at the skate park looking like this weird mom with, with all the, you know, high school and early 20s mm-hmm. skateboarders. Um, and my tiny little kid all padded up like a tiny little nerfed up <laughs> kid. Anyway, um, so so that was like a nice activity that we could do that's outside and distanced and, and things like that. And that was all his own doing. You know, I want to do this. Okay, cool. Done. It's funny, even when they're that young, sometimes they just feel drawn to something. I don't know where he got it from. I think he said he may have seen something in like Scooby-Doo or something. I was like, maybe. Okay, it's fine. But he just like latched onto it and just. Kids frequently make me wonder if past lives aren't a real thing, (laughs) especially when they do stuff like that. (laughs) Like maybe, I don't know. You know, some things, but sometimes things just call to you. Yeah. You know, what's funny is when he was much younger, maybe when he was two or something, he said to me, 
I used to be good at baseball. And I was like, what do you mean used to be? Like when, you know? And it was only kind of a little spooky and it's probably nothing, but my grandfather was an exceptional baseball and softball player. And he passed away about a week before my son was born. Hmm. So I was a weird conversation. I'm like, tell me more about this baseball. Yeah. Used to be good at. Yeah. What was your team? You know, what were your stats? Um, Couldn't really get anything out of him, but you know, that was kind of a weird little thing. I know my, my daughter would talk about the before times before she was in my body growing. She, yeah. Which, which was, it was kind of a little bit of a weird conversation. She's like, yeah. So before um, it was decided that you were going to be my mommy, (laughs) I'm like, who made this decision? Did you have anything to do with it? She goes, well, yeah, yeah. She goes, and then, then you became my mommy, but it was before. Kid. Was she like, I Freaking picked out. you and I can unpick you? <laughs> no. Was she like threatening? I don't, she, she let me know that she wasn't sure at first because I had never done this before. <laughs> but she wanted your resume. <laughs> that it, but I, I turned out to be, be, be okay. Tell so. me about your experience. <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, and, and wherever the, the loading dock is for. <laughs> Little souls that become babies. Uh, you know, they're figuring this stuff out, looking over resumes for potential moms. That's hilarious. Uh, I know, but kids just say weird stuff. That's incredible. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. I think the, the one other thing is like, so even during all of this, I actually switched positions in my company. So, so that was interesting as well. And so... So I have a a background in engineering, but I've always worked in operations and supply chain. So I was working in an operations and supply chain role in my company and an an opportunity had come up within to lead the operations in our recruiting department, which is a whole different animal. So instead of parts Mm. and pieces that don't have feelings, I have to deal with lots of people and who have feelings, Mm -hmm. right? So it seemed like a really good opportunity and definitely outside of my comfort zone. And you don't, you don't grow if you're comfortable. Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was definitely a good opportunity to, to really stretch uh, my abilities. And so I'd agreed to take the position. And then when the pandemic hit, it really, it actually pushed my, my uh, transition date quite a bit because it was all hands on deck for anything supply chain related. Cause I mean, and we're still, there's still serious, serious supply chain issues out there for everything, right? Containers going back and forth, they're not flowing like they used to, right? So there's, you know, a buildup somewhere. I know, you know, pallets, people can't even get pallets, like pallets, right? You know, I know there was, there's a huge shortage on like resin that goes into PC boards, huge shortages and resistors and capacitors, serious electronics shortages and just everything is kind of shaken up and caused issues. So, so that delayed my, my entry into the new position. And so then, you know, when I finally did, I was onboarding completely remotely. Luckily it was the same company. I, I, I had interfaced with most of the people before, but, you know, I had to learn a new system completely remotely and 
all different processes completely remotely. So that was that was a whole a whole other ball of wax. But uh, it, it's been good. I'm I'm, I'm glad uh, glad I gave that a shot. Yeah, there's been been a lot of a lot of changes in a short amount of time, really. Yeah. What what has been the most rewarding part about making that shift in your career? Let's see. Well, I think there's a couple of different things, you know, so it's pushing me outside of my comfort zone. And additionally, it is, and this is kind of weird, maybe sad also, but I've never worked with so many women before. Mm. So being in engineering, you know, when I started, I was the only woman on my floor, like of the building. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like one other or two other women. I've, I've never mm-hmm. worked for a woman supervisor before, and I've never worked with this many women. And, and it's it's a really great experience, and it's kind of nice. It's a nice change, and you don't really like think about it until you're there, and you're like, oh my god, I've never had this. I'm really I'm really proud of my engineering degree because it's. I can't remember what the percentage was, but I think it's less than 20% of of people working in engineering are, are women right now. And even though the graduation rate is is much higher, slowly turning turning the tides, it's it's a little slow. So so it's it's interesting from college, sometimes I was the only woman in a class. Not too often, but it happened enough. Every company I'd worked at, every role I was in, not too many other, you know, women around and definitely not too many women engineers around. I was always used to kind of being in that category. This has definitely been a nice, like kind of kind of just a nice change, you know, something that I've never experienced before, you know, and it's definitely a very supportive environment, this group. So, and it's giving me opportunities uh, to lead some really large projects that I haven't before, kind of just different types of projects. Mm-hmm. So it's been good, but it's odd a little bit being so remote. And But what is nice is that, you know, there's, I'm not the only person in the group with, with a child. So sometimes we'll, we'll be on, on a conference call and our children will be both screaming and pulling our <laughs> hair and all that good stuff. And so it's like, I feel you, I feel you too, you know, <laughs> like, that, that merit badge, you know. Yes, we need we need to be able to recognize our people <laughs> while we're out. We need it like a pin, something something that we can always have with us. Yes, the, the <laughs> I survived. I did it, or whatever the balloon. Yes, I did it. I, <laughs> me, <laughs> mommy, did this. I did this thing. <laughs> that's what we all need. Maybe that's what the badge should say. I, I did, did this. it. Yeah, I did it. And people go, what? And it's like, well, if you have to ask, you don't. You yeah, don't, know. don't know. Then you didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, then right? you didn't do it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you to Liz for being on the show. And thank you for being just so incredibly cool. And thank you, listener, for joining me today. I have a feeling you're probably pretty cool yourself. So if you want to continue to be cool together, you can catch more of the number H on all of the usual streaming services. And I'll also post a direct link to the Bandcamp in the show notes. Texting from the bathroom is me, Evelyn Moon. You can catch future episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is her. 